0: Hello everybody and welcome to the final Yellow Jacket Hive After Dark episode of season 2. Yeah. How did we get here so fast, Emily? Did it not just fly right by?
1: It went so fast. I'm like a little a little sad.
0: Yeah, no same. I mean it's going to be a little while until we're back with our live after yeah. shows of course, but we've got plenty of things up our sleeves for between seasons. So Uh, Before we get started, why don't we just shout out our friend Jessica here in the comments, early, always dropping some love. We appreciate all of you guys. And honestly, you all in the comments have been one of the biggest highlights of this entire season for us. So again, thanks for tuning in. And because of all of the awesome fan uh, interactions and participation, we actually landed ourselves a partnership with Cord Cutting. Um, not much is going to actually change, except we're going to be doing more exclusive content on their YouTube. So, be sure to head over and subscribe to cordcutting.com um, at YouTube.com/slash at cordcutting. Um, search cordcutting.com. Just be sure to subscribe to their channel. That way, you will not miss any of our exclusive content and a bunch of the fun stuff that we have coming up. So, hooray, Emily! It feels good yeah. to end the season on a high note.
1: Yes, and more content.
0: <laughs> yes, definitely more content. We are very excited to bring that to you. And, uh, you know, we also had a chance to do a collaboration here with our friend James on Instagram. <laughs> um, his handle is I am James Shaw, and we did a season two reaction video with him. So go check it out. That was a lot of fun. I feel that like was Emily. so much fun. We had
1: a uh, so we had
0: a good time doing that. So uh, we appreciate him and the opportunity to collaborate with other Yellow Jackets content creators. Yeah, yeah yes. I'm glad he asked us. Same here. Same here. So before we get started with our initial reactions on episode 209 storytelling, which was of course the season finale, Emily, I'm going to do our last "Would You Rather" of the season. Are you ready for it? Yes. All right. Would you rather see Van's cancer magically cured and get Lauren Ambrose for the remainder of the series, or discover there's another survivor in the adult timeline?
1: Hmm, That's a hard one. Like after the finale, like I don't know what to think about Adult Van anymore. Like, because of the way that she acted, like, in regards to what they did and chasing Shauna and all that stuff. Like, she was, like, into it. So part of me wants to say, like, I would want to save her. But I'm also super curious, like, would be super curious to see another adult survivor. So I think I'm going to go with another survivor.
0: All right, we've got some um, mixed reactions in the comments here. Dustin says, survivor in the adult timeline, adult van, I want to be hunted. Hey, fair enough. Uh, our friend Joe, new survivor, sorry. Lisa yeah. Matthews, discover there's another survivor. And Shelly earlier had said cure bands cancer. So a little bit of a mixed bag there. But um, what would you choose? I think I'd want the other survivor. I love Lauren Ambrose, and I do love Van, also feel the same way regarding mixed feelings. However, seeing an adult Akilah or Mari or Jen or Melissa, I would love another solid casting in the present day timeline. I think that could be good for the show.
1: Yeah, especially considering we just lost a cast member.
0: Uh, I mean, we kind of knew it was coming. We've heard that we were going to be losing an adult cast member. We actually lost you know, a couple people in the adult timeline, yeah. including Kevin, Kevin Tan, who I did not see that coming. I was expecting mm-hmm. Stash to be gone before Kevin.
1: Yeah. I did like have a feeling, though, that when Walter handed him that cup, that there was something going on.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> I said out loud to my husband, he's a goner. He is. Yeah. Probably going to be collapsing on the floor. And sure enough, he did. Sure <laughs> enough, he did. So we see a lot of you posting here in the comments a secret word. Um, we posted the secret word on our socials earlier, and we're doing a co ed naked giveaway. So for everybody who drops that secret word in the comments during this live stream, you'll be entered into our giveaway. We're going to give away a co ed naked shirt. Uh, we can do our podcasting one with the hive after dark we could do a soccer one really any shirt you want at co-ed naked one lucky person will win you just have to be over 16 years old and live in the united states so yeah that is that and speaking of that we actually saw travis wearing the yeah. Co-Ed Naked shirt in this past episode they have indeed passed it around which again adds to the suspense of who's who in that cannibal council situation yeah
1: yeah, when they had a marathon on all day, and I had it on in the background, and episode six was on, and in the scene where um, Ty brings the bassinet into the bedroom for Shauna like in her dream, uh, I saw Ty wearing the co-ed naked shirt, and that was the first time I'd seen her wearing it too, so it's definitely being passed around among a lot of people, but when I saw it on Travis, for some reason, I was it just made me feel like maybe he's the person that was standing over the pit in the pilot.
0: Ooh, that would be a twist. And of course, yeah. now we also have an answer as to, at least for now, who the Antler Queen is. Or the Oracle, as was written in the script. Of course, the Antler Queen was a term coined by the fandom. Yeah. Go us. We've coined some good stuff, Emily. Between <laughs> MFQ and Cabin Daddy, uh, <laughs> we, we've got some some pretty good ones. So yeah. why don't we talk about uh, the storytelling description why don't you read that to us
1: heavy is the head that wears the antler crown is a lesson you don't learn until much later in life if you ever even learn at all everything's about to get really wilderness and we're so excited so excited and so so scared to find out who paid attention to what lessons and when so on the count of three you may pick up your pencil open your testing booklet and start this finale exam one two
0: Uh, Can I just say I love the So Excited reference, which I believe uh, does reference Saved by the Bell. Of course, the Jesse Spano, Kathleen Hill storyline, which I loved Saved by the Bell. I have met Mark Paul Gosselaar before, crowning moment of my life. Uh, Quick side note. Um, The clues from storytelling, Emily. Walk us through the three things we got on our Showtime mailer this week.
1: So we see a gun and we've... Did you like? That's a straight jacket, straight right? Straight
0: jacket, straight jacket, and
1: the masks like they look like the masks that we saw earlier in season one um, on Lottie's cult members.
0: Yes, and of course the adults did don masks in this episode for their hunt, which escalated kind of fast in my opinion. I was surprised to yeah. see, you know, at first it was all stalling, and then it turned into the card draws, and then all of a sudden everyone's actually hunting Shauna, and I was kind of yeah like how did we get there so fast i yeah. thought this was all a stalling technique that did not work out uh van what did you
1: seemed to be like pushing it along like shauna shuffling the cards and van is like i think that's enough like and she's like i'll start like is ready to draw the card like wasting no time like trying she's like trying to get it going
0: I thought it happened very fast. Um, She sure did try to get it going. A lot of things happened during this hunt scene. I mean, we had Callie showing up. Um, Of course, Jeff and Callie drove to the compound. That was kind of crazy. Walter, of course, set up the cops coming Callie has a gun uh Jeff is very concerned about not being able to google himself ever again which was maybe one of the funniest lines for me in the episode I loved that things escalated fast though uh Callie shooting Lottie that was unexpected Lottie looking adoringly at Callie as if she wishes she were part of her cult is this your daughter she's so
1: powerful yeah like the way she looked at her was like creepy It was really creepy.
0: Very creepy. And as everyone in the comments is saying, Van definitely was over there trying to get her cancer cured. She did want the sacrifice. Totally Team Lottie. All about the wilderness and the hunt. And I... At the end, Lottie did say to Van, the wilderness is happy, you'll see, or it liked its sacrifice. And do you think that was- it is pleased with us. It is pleased with us. Do you think that alludes to the fact that maybe her cancer will get cured? And is that feasible?
1: It, like, it seemed like it was, like, hinting at that, the way that Lottie said that. And, like, when she said, you'll see, she looked right at Van. And Van got this look in her eyes. Like, does she know something? Like- How would Lonnie know that I'm even sick? But I definitely think that it's a possibility that Van was, like, egging that along because, like, she was thinking that if they sacrifice something that maybe she would be rewarded and her cancer would be cured.
0: I'm curious to find out if this means that it will. And we do, in fact, get Lauren Ambrose for much longer. Uh, The passage of time in season two in the adult timeline, though, let's talk a little bit about that do we think it's been a week or two since season one? I mean, it's not been a long time.
1: I think it's been like a week max, honestly, like the time moves by so much like slow, quicker in the adult timeline than it does in the teen timeline. Like the teen timeline, like we're seeing months and months and like, we're only seeing days in the adult timeline. Like, but it feels like it's so much longer than it actually is. Like
0: Yes, because a lot has so happened. much
1: happens in such a short time. Yeah.
0: Such yeah. a short time. And Walter, right? He was only supposed to be here for one season. Do you suspect this means he will, in fact, be back for season three? Because I think so, and I could not be happier about it.
1: I definitely think there's a chance, and I would be super happy about it, too. Like, he... I loved everything about him. It was so great the way that he took charge and his interaction, his first interaction with Jeff was so funny. Like, because he's like, can you help me move this body? And Jeff is just like, what? Like, what are you even talking about? Like, Jeff can't wrap his brain around the fact that Kevin is dead.
0: Yeah, I (laughs) loved that Walter scene. I wanted to pull up Vine's tweet really quick. Hey Vine, I know you're there in the chat. Walter was singing a song, Send in the Clowns, by Barbara Streisand, when Saracusa or when Kevin Tan walked in. Mm-hmm. And as Vine said, with him singing the song, I just want to ask, what does he regret not doing? Because the song is apparently about deep regret and furious anger. So what does he deeply regret and what is he angry about? That is a really good question.
1: That's really interesting. I never, like, thought about it. Like, I just thought he was singing show tunes. I didn't think about what the words actually meant.
0: <laughs> yeah, I am curious to know. And I do think that Misty's going to need a shoulder to lean on. I think the other Yellow Jackets are probably going to be having some mixed feelings about MFQ after what happened. But of course, it was an accident. Now, there's been a lot but of just She this- didn't intend to kill someone else. She did. She did have a vial of poison there or a yeah. needle to, to inject somebody. So indeed, yep. in- indeed, yes. She brought it to the cult compound. So, I mean, it could have been meant for anybody. Um, There have been mixed reactions about the finale in season two. A lot of people uh, did not love the way things turned out with Nat's death specifically. Of course, she was an addict and they made her death by OD. And... I can understand why people aren't happy about that, because just as a character, I feel like she deserves so much better. And for that to be her life ending narrative, that sucks after all the hard work she's put in and the self-discovery. But do you think she was there this entire time working on herself? Or do you think that this was all a ploy to get Lottie locked up again because she didn't agree with it? I mean, her and Lisa really bonded. So she seemed to have a genuine connection there and concern. I
1: think like she at one point was like really searching for a way to forgive herself for everything that they did and being at Lonnie's like and making this friendship with Lisa like she was learning things and she was opening up for the first time in a long time and like feeling things that she hadn't felt in decades so I definitely think that like she was trying to move past what happened to them and maybe she wanted to get Lottie locked up but I think she also wanted to find peace like she really wanted that like she had so much pain in her life so it was just so sad to like watch it be made out to look like like after she finally actually like was starting to get help for herself like to make it look like she died from like what everybody would assume she died from when it wasn't the case.
0: That's true. As Allison has mentioned too, I think she just wanted the truth from Lottie about Travis, which is also yeah. a very good point because who knows when we will get that clarity because Lottie has been yeah. spiraling quite a bit and is of course going to be locked up and is in for some dark times in the next season. Yeah. And like Lisa said, I don't think she forgave Lottie for Travis and- You know, probably not. Kim, our friend Kim, by the way, Kim, I owe you a clip of your time on here last time. I'm hearing rumors that Walter was the Parsippany poisoner now rather than Misty. That is fascinating. I mean, there's a lot to this whole Reddit integration into the show, which is just such a genius way to incorporate these message boards, citizen detectives on. And boy, I would love to know that. That is a really good question. I mean, they they could end up being a serial killer, like, couple, Missy and Walter, and do these things together, which is is interesting. Oh, our friend Bored Now, Keith, is here. Oh, sorry about that. that. No big deal. We will get to that one as well. Uh, Keith said, they handled the death well, I thought. It works to the character's ultimate fate. She's just a doomed, tragic character ever since the wilderness. You need to kill off big characters for stakes. And that is a very good take, Um, and as her younger self said to her on the airplane in that death scene we've been here for years oh. which kind of means that her that heart like that darkness me.
1: it that like it was crushed me
0: that was 100 crushing um i thought this death scene rang a little bit losty for me in a way and it for did. a second i was like have they just been dead the whole time and this is you know the plane death scene but those moments there were interesting. And in the article I read with um, Karen, they said that they actually shot a bunch of different options for this with, with Javi, Nat, and, and um, Lottie laughing at her in kind of a malicious way. So. So that was an alternate do that. Yes. And she referenced in the article, I believe it was the Hollywood reporter article that they felt it wasn't right and a good fit. And I'm so glad they did not do that because this made it more meaningful a little bit deeper. And I would have been upset having people laughing at her. It was such a dark, heavy moment that.
1: It made me so sad that she saw Javi too, because like, in that moment, it was so clear that, like, she never forgave herself for the fact that, like, she let him die in her place. And she carried that guilt with her for the rest of her life to the point that, like, she saw him in her dying moments.
0: Right. And and that wraps up a little bit, like Kim is saying, back to the scene with her dad in the plane in season one. So, yep. And, of course... Her imagining Misty at the bonfire mm-hmm. in the pilot, which is something that they've tied together in what Karin referenced as an angel of death yep. sense. And that's what that was. That's why Nat was seeing that it played with time and and was really there for that payoff moment. So that's how that all came together.
1: I personally felt like it would have been a little bit more impactful if they would have shown her with Travis, too because yes he was there's like what I know it's like an Travis is not a popular character a lot of people don't like his character but you can't deny the fact that their storyline especially in season one and two was so intertwined and interwoven with each other like he was a lot of the reason why Natalie was the way she was and I felt like it would have just been so meaningful to see him, like, right before she died. Like, it, maybe it would have been, like, a comfort to her, almost.
0: Yes, definitely. Um, gosh, I uh, – Javi's death, too. We haven't even talked about Javi's death. Sorry to get off subject. I was looking at the pictures here and realized um, I wanted to talk about that, and now I'm showing um, the wrong comment, which I – need to get off there we go okay sorry about that everybody got a little sidetracked here so the hobby situation at the beginning right like can we talk about how flash frozen he looks here and can we talk about how graphic the scene was with draining his blood and talk about spilling the blood that was um that was something
1: yeah and I thought it was very interesting that like shauna volunteered for the job but yet she still had to cover her eyes to do what she had to do at first because this was the first time she was like actually butchering a person like she didn't have to do anything to jackie jackie was a barbecue for them like she was cooked for them they didn't have to do anything like Indeed,
0: which our friend Rotem Rusak from Nerdist called soft cannibalism. And I was going to play this clip at the end when we were going over highlights from the season. But I'm going to play it right now because it ties in perfectly with what you just said.
2: Well, I actually thought that this is what we could call like soft cannibalism, right? Like they didn't exactly kill Jackie. Jackie decided to be like out and freeze. And then they did decide... To eat her, but she was kind of like, they don't really like mean to cook her and they don't like yeah. murder her in a sense. So it was kind of like, you know, I think they soft set it up really cleverly. I like soft that. Exactly. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. It's yeah. not like meaning, like they didn't really mean to kill and consume her. It just yeah. became like the best option. It almost became like a sensical option. And I think they set it up really nicely in the episode because. When they were like building the pyre for Jackie, um, they have this argument about whether they should take her jacket and Mm -hmm. is taking her jacket that different from taking her meat at this point, like in their need to survive. It's like, actually, it probably isn't.
0: Uh, It was so nice having uh, Ro on the podcast. We will be having her back again for something in between seasons, so that will be a lot of fun. But I do think it's safe to say we are in the hard cannibalism phase of the show. We have moved on beyond the soft cannibalism, and we are here with the hard stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Allison says, Shauna took on that burden for the whole group, even told the other girls to go inside so they wouldn't have to watch. Yes, that's true. She did tell them to go inside.
0: She sure did. And I feel like her doing that made her feel a little entitled to being having hurt feelings when she was not chosen as the next leader. As her journal entry said, how would it not have been me after everything when I was the only one willing to do what it took to keep us all fed? I used to think it was Jackie who made me feel invisible. But I um, was surprised by that a little bit. I. Don't know why she would feel so entitled. I get it. She has an important job, but to Lottie's point, it chose and it chose to save Natalie. So I, I get
1: feel it. like Shauna like equates like her being pregnant and like losing her baby as like a huge sacrifice for the group. So I think that's like a big reason why she felt like it should have been her because she's the one that lost things out there. Like the other girls didn't lose a best friend, didn't lose a baby. Like so she feels like she's very much owed the leadership position.
0: As our friend Ninebrick City is saying, Hey, Alyssa, how's it going? Always the butcher, never the queen. <laughs> Love that. That yeah. is a, a good take. I enjoyed she
1: that. Definitely is the butcher.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, now we're we're eventually going to have Pit Girl come into play, in which they don't directly like murder her and kill her. The spikes in the pit did, and we still have not had any answers on Pit Girl yet. I did notice Jen's hair is getting a lot longer. So I'm still thinking it's Jen.
1: The line that Lottie says at the when they're hunting Shauna, like made me think about the pit girl scene. Like she says, like, like we used to, you can submit or you can run. So clearly that girl in the pit is somebody that chose to run away from them, like in this hunting process. So like and when they're drawing cards Lottie says to Taisa you know what happens if you refuse to draw and so that to me kind of meant like they obviously like fine-tune this as they go along and like they make new rules they might get rid of some rules that they don't like or don't work and they like tailor it to fit what they're trying to do in a way
0: there is a comment Do we think all the survivors were once the queen? I think that's likely. Um, yeah. And what if at the cliffhanger of each season there's a new queen crowned and then they die in the adult timeline? like they really do pass the antler. So let's say Nat is the antler queen or the Oracle for however long she's in charge. She's the leader. And then something else happens. They crown somebody else. Does that mean that say, if it's Shauna, Shauna will then die in the adult timeline during that. And they are kind of mirroring each other. I think there's a possibility of that. I never considered that until right now. I mean, (laughs) just saying. And, (laughs) Another thing I wanted to talk about was when Van started telling them a story at the end. And she said, once upon a time, there was a place called the wilderness. Now, we know that Jason Ritter shot season two. We know that he did not work with Melanie Linsky and he was filming for the wilderness timeline or before that. I wonder if they had actually shot that footage to interweave with Van's fairy tale and they had to cut it out because we know they've cut out of a a lot of long scenes for now. So we've speculated that, you know, uh, Maybe we'll get a standalone Cabin Daddy episode on Father's Day or something. But then when I rewatched, I was like, you know what? It would almost make sense for that to have been some kind of a flashback for that fairy tale. And maybe that's what Jason Ritter was up to.
1: That thought actually crossed my mind, like, when she started telling the story. Like, for a brief second. Like, are we going to get a flashback of something that happened in the past? But obviously that didn't happen. But that article did say we will see him at some point. So – I have hope at least and there was another scene that we never saw in the season um, the scene of coach Ben saying buzz 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 to all the girls in the cabin, we never saw that scene either.
0: We did not. And we also know that there was a scene cut about how they arrived at the decision to draw the cards and do the hunt. That was also cut out. Hopefully we'll get to see that later in footage. But to your point about Jason Ritter, back to that really quick, Entertainment Tonight did put that article out, which we shared. They actually featured our tweet in it about Mm -hmm. Cabin Daddy. So thanks to Entertainment Tonight for featuring our tweet there. That was really cool. And they did definitively say Jason Ritter will be there at some point i wonder if it'll be a bonus if it'll be a flashback if it'll be uh a webisode perhaps something like the walking dead has done either way hopefully we get something and we get it kind of soon
1: i know i know i keep having to remind myself that like there's nothing coming after this for a while
0: (laughs) yeah i mean we've got the writer's strike going of course and um Uh, You know, I just, I keep coming back to the fact this is the finale. I can't believe how fast the season has flown by. We've been doing these shows after shows every week and it's been so much fun. I'm going to give you guys another prompt to drop that secret word. If you know it, make sure you drop it for a chance to win a co-ed naked shirt. We're going to pick the winner on our recap this week. So if you don't know it or see it there, head over to our Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, you'll find it and uh, go ahead and do that. Yes. The bonus app what do you know or where did you get these thoughts? This is just all us <laughs> speculating. But now we know for sure Entertainment Tonight confirmed that Jason Ritter will be there. We had known he filmed from articles that they had put out. And there was the uh, behind-the-scenes photos that were released that were actually taken down on Instagram as well with him wearing the cabin yeah. coat. And like- Ashley Lyle made
1: that tweet never say no to bonus episodes so Mm -hmm,
0: mm -hmm. that's
1: where we're really getting the idea from
0: (laughs) yes exactly she did then say something like I may or may not have been drinking a a bunch of like margaritas or and said too much so hopefully saying too much means there is actually something behind those mysterious tweets okay I think Ben started the fire. Let's talk about Ben and the fire because there are different thoughts. I assumed Ben started the fire because we saw him with matches. Um, It could have been that he was just taking them back to his little tree cave. So that way he could have fire because he was struggling to start it. Or he didn't like what was going on after he talked to Nat, saw that Nat was a lost cause. They're eating Javi. And he's like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm just burning this shit down.
1: He looked in the window and saw them all bowing down to Natalie. And I think in that moment, he thought, like, even Natalie's too far gone now. Like, there's no helping or saving these girls from themselves anymore. And that, like, he has no other way to solve his problem. Because, what, like, what is he going to do? He has one leg. Like, he can't take charge. He can't physically overpower them. Like, he doesn't have... A lot of options. (laughs) And he took it pretty drastic if he really did start that fire.
0: He sure did. And some people in the comments are saying, I think Javi's friend found out what they did and and they did that. So – If that's the case, who's Javi's friend? We thought maybe it was Fugue Tai. We did see a lantern down in the cave, which Javi could have taken, or perhaps Fugue Tai while sleepwalking. Or is it some, like, magical underground tree root community of women with long hair living in the tree (laughs) wilderness? (laughs) I don't know.
1: (laughs) I hope it's nothing like that, because that will make me think of Lost, like, bringing in elements like that. I want it to be rooted in reality for the most part, like – they're the villains, like, not, uh, I, I don't want there to be, like, another group of people out there that they've never come in contact with, like, that's mm-hmm. a thing that I do not want to happen.
0: mm Definitely not. And it'll be interesting to see, too, if Nat rats him out. Nat knows that Javi was bowing to those trees. She knows that it was one of the symbol trees and Coach told her about it. So is she going to keep that between them because she likes and respects Ben and they have a good relationship? Or is she going to use that to her advantage and they go hunt and kill him like a poor little animal? I
1: was thinking, like do they realize he's not there, like, at all, like, when the when they realize the cabin's on fire? Like, because Natalie is the only one that paid any attention to him not being there. And in all that confusion, like, she might have forgotten that, like, he wasn't there. So do they maybe assume that he's dead?
0: That could be. Or it's, like, Crystal and none of them are really worried about it because they have other things going on. I mean, they're, you know, eating Javi's body uh also can i just say travis taking that bite out of the oh. heart raw was was really tough to watch i thought it was interesting i i was kind of grossed out my husband's like oh no that's like a native american thing they take a bite of a raw organ and whatever and i was like oh i didn't know that and i googled it and that is actually a fact i wanted <laughs> to come back to allison's comment quick too if javi's friend is Tie, she wouldn't have been able to bar the doors from the outside with tie inside really yeah. good point so you know what that means Tie. Is not Javi's friend. If in fact Javi's friend did burn the cabin down and it was not Coach Ben or the wilderness as a force.
1: Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Cause I was uh, having a conversation with somebody the other day and they brought up that point that you just said. They were like, what if, what if it was the wilderness that started the fire somehow? Like, what if this entity that's out there is angry at them and wanted them dead? But I think we were meant to think that Ben started that fire because they very visibly show him picking up a box of matches and how else are you going to light a cabin on fire like it's made of wood so you need some kind of accelerant to light it on fire you need something like a match.
0: That's right. And why would the wilderness be punishing them for eating Javi? All this time, they get rewarded every time blood spills. The time yeah. when the wilderness happened to drop the snow down on Jackie to cook her to just the perfect temperature where they could eat her, that was the wilderness helping them out. I just can't see the, see it destroying its cabin no. that is so symbolic of everything in the wilderness and everything that's happening. So I lean towards been starting the fire unless it is a red herring
1: but he like he really did not think about what would happen if his plan didn't go the way that he wanted it to go like because now these girls are the bad people in his story like they're like they're going to realize that this cabin didn't just like spontaneously combust no (laughs) they're not stupid And they're going to realize that he wasn't there. So I'm assuming they're going to put two and two together.
0: I think so. And of course, the next question is, where do they go from here? Do they go back to the plane wreckage? Do they go and find Ben and take over the caves? Is this when they discover that all of the trees actually have this underground, maybe connected root cave system happening?
1: I definitely think that there's a possibility that there are maybe, maybe they're not like all connected, but that there are little caves underneath each tree with the symbol. I think like those symbols were there for a reason. And when, when Ben goes up to the tree in episode eight, like you can see like steam, like coming up from the hole, like Javi had covered the hole with like branches. So Maybe there are openings like that out in the open at all, at all of these trees and they just haven't found them yet.
0: It's definitely possible. We surmise that we have seen the multiple trees with the melting, that it's not just been that one. And just looking at their faces at the end here. Oh I don't God. have the picture of Lottie, but she was kind of smiling at the cabin burning down you to Vine's looked, point earlier.
1: She looked like like gleeful like happy that that was happening and when I looked at her facial expression it just brought me back to when they first found the cabin in season one and Lottie says I have a bad feeling about this place like she did not like that place from the get-go but she knew that they had no choice and it was their only form of shelter so she had to go with it but I don't think she was ever okay with like the energy that she felt within that place
0: I completely agree with that and just I you know I didn't pull the picture with all of them at the end of the bonfire or maybe I did and I can't find it but we don't see the extras so we saw during the chase scene where they were all hunting Javi on the ice there were three additional extras who we have not met yet their faces were covered I counted like five times at the very end when the cabin was burning down and unless they're totally hidden behind the rest of the girls those other three extras aren't there so do they just not put them in because it's too obvious did they perish in the fire what are your thoughts on these extras are they gonna just bring them back in season three
1: well in the hunt scene in episode eight i did see an extra like behind some of the girls when they were hunting Natalie. Mm -hmm. I Didn't see any at the end like when they were all outside in the fire but when we asked Nia about it in our episode about these extras, she didn't want to answer the question. So that really makes me think that they will come into play later.
0: Oh, Little Rose said the extras were off to the side. You can only see them when the shot pans out. I guess I totally missed that. So I would love to see a screenshot of that. Here's
1: a Here's a behind-the-scenes one of them all looking at it.
0: Right? I but to... all I see
1: there is like Mari, someone's... Lottie, Maybe... Shauna, Misty, Travis.
0: Noah, Keila, Jen, Melissa, unless they're ducking behind, but I don't see feet to accommodate that. Although it looks like in between Shauna and Misty, There's there could potentially be somebody ducking down yeah. in there. Yeah. Mm. And it's so interesting how that fire in the teen timeline really mirrors the woman, the adult women and and the bonfire. And in one of the articles I was reading, this night shoot they did was across uh, two or three nights and it was cold and rainy. And so there was a lot of emotion. It was highly emotionally charged. This was, of course, a very big scene. Christina Ricci had some emotions surrounding it of course and yeah. she had posted that instagram post in which she then later edited about uh, taking the time to really appreciate working with people when you're there because you don't know when it's going to you know end, end. and it's it, it is really sad to see juliet lewis not on the show anymore after season 2 and i hope that means maybe they will replace her with another survivor i hope i'd love to see akila
1: adult nat and adult misty was by far my favorite duo of this entire show like their their comedic banter with each other in season one was by far my favorite like they were just so funny together and yeah i'm really sad that we won't get to see that again
0: akila and jenner behind ty and van in that pick okay well that's definitely good um Good. Okay. I am really dying to know about the extras, though. I really want to know, are are they going to open up the season three, episode one, similar to how they did with introducing Melissa and Jen and Crystal? Maybe I
1: thought maybe, like, maybe the extras, like, burn in the fire and they eat their bodies or something like that.
0: Hmm. That could be. Although they don't seem very upset if there is anybody missing. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about what each person grabbed from the cabin on their way out, too, because I find that to be fascinating. Uh, let's start with Misty, who grabs the pee and poop bucket and maybe also the axe. At least the pee and poop bucket. I remember I reading know the, the axe
1: was axe- grabbed. I know what was grabbed. I can't say for sure who grabbed what, except I know Van grabbed the playing cards.
0: Yep. She went back in to grab the playing cards, which is a ballsy move, but she's kind of invincible. So I don't think she was too concerned about dying because, you know, why is she going to die now? I believe in Vine's tweet, she said something like uh, Misty grabbed the pee and poop bucket because it was the last thing Crystal touched. And that really (laughs) resonated with me. Oh, my God. Poor MFQ, who, of course, now has killed her bestie in both timelines, which is devastating for her as a character. And and Christina Ricci as an actor, I uh, still cannot get over how that all ended. Oh, thaisa grabbed the axe. Okay, thaisa grabbed okay, the axe. that's okay.
1: that's what I thought. That's yep. what I was thinking. I know Natalie grabbed the gun,
0: mm-hmm. um, and probably bullets. They had jars yeah, of bullets. Someone well. definitely
1: grabbed a jar of bullets. Um, they all obviously grabbed blankets. Somebody grabbed the frying pan.
0: Uh, blankets, bunch of blankets, some clothes, all that sort of thing. And it's a good thing that Shauna was up journaling. What if she hadn't been up journaling? Yeah, Would they have like, even gotten out? It, I, I mean,
1: leave it to Shauna, like sitting up talking shit. And that's how she saves everybody's life.
0: Uh, <laughs> You know, Alyssa has a good point. I thought Ben had the axe, though. And that is a good point because when he was outside, he did grab it out of the stump. Okay, two axes. Okay, good. Thank you. Because
1: when Thaisa goes off on her expedition in the first season, Natalie tells her she can't take the gun. And Thaisa says, Well, I'll take one of the
0: axes. Okay. So they had
1: at least two. Yeah.
0: Excellent. And Shauna grabbed Jackie's dress, which is. Is that
1: what she grabbed from the attic? Oh my gosh. Why that of all things? Like, that's so random.
0: It's her last piece she has of her best friend. They burned her jacket. So, oh, yeah. you know, there is that. Um, They did get the knife. Van grabbed the crowbar. Tiffany said they need the bucket for water. They're going to have to clean it really well. Uh, Yeah, they are. Oh, my God. I don't know if all the UV rays in the world would sanitize that thing enough for me to put oh. drinking water in there. Yes, Shauna's I agree, saltiness saved them all. That's hilarious. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I agree. And circling back to Shauna in the adult timeline and Callie, I'm wondering if this means Callie's going to have a bigger role. It's almost like she was enjoying this whole situation from the get-go. We saw her at the beginning of the season ambivalent, breaking up with her boyfriend, wanting to vape her head off. Now, all of a sudden, she's got all this action. Her mom's a murderer. She's involved with this cop, which is kind of, like, scary. And But when you're, like, a 16-year-old, it's all a little exciting, too, isn't it? Yeah. So, her with the gun, her driving with her dad to go save her or, or whatever. I just think she's going to be wanting in on some of shauna's madness moving forward
1: i could see that and i could see shauna letting her in to her madness like she already has like look at where kelly ended up kelly ended up at a cult compound (laughs) with a gun like
0: and she's (laughs) 16. (sighs) Oh, my God. And, oh, speaking of the cult, there was a new message at the Sunshine Honey Wellness Center this week. If you have not yet called it, let me see. I think I have a banner with the phone number. Yes. Okay. Call Sunshine Honey Wellness, 607-478-1033, and you will hear a new message. And who is it this time, Emily?
1: It's Lisa this time.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And it's really
1: interesting. I don't have, like, the – message like transcribed or anything but i know at the end she does say that same quote that um suffering is inevitable whatever she says to natalie about how suffering is inevitable um but you can hear people in the background saying like lisa times up like they're yelling at her to hurry up and she says the lights are getting shut off um I can't remember everything else that she says but like it sounds like they're all leaving in a hurry which I listened to the message before this episode aired so I was thinking like what if they end up hunting one of Lonnie's cult members like and they were all running away from from Lottie and all the rest of the adult yellow jackets because that message like it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense now.
0: Right. And are we going to see Lisa again? Nicole Maines was a really fun addition to the season. Uh, If you did not catch the interview that our friend Kelly McClure, Nights and Weekends editor at Salon, did, she did a really excellent interview with her earlier in the season. So don't miss that. But I'm curious to see, will we see Lisa again? It seems like she was there as sort of a device to move along Natalie's storyline and arc. So maybe maybe not. Maybe she's gone.
1: She did hear them talking about some stuff that, they don't want other people knowing like she heard them talking about how they killed people. So Mm -hmm. that makes me wonder if she'll be around for other reasons. Like is she another loose end now that needs to be tied up because their secrets can't get out. Like, I don't know.
0: I don't know either. Tiffany is asking, can you make a post transcribing all the messages so far? We could put that on our radar, perhaps. I feel like Jamie, Trip to Jamie Land on Twitter, has put something on their Twitter feed. I don't know that it was a transcription, but it was the vocals. Yeah, were the and recording. you can't.
1: You can only access the message that's currently on there right now. So all the previous ones, I'd have no way to listen to them to write them down
0: that's true unless somebody does have a transcription out there if you do please send it to us that oh. would be fantastic oh does somebody have one? Oh my god lisa matthews has them all transcribed what <laughs> cheers to you we bow to you lisa matthews for that thank you that's amazing uh send it to us. We'll figure something out. We will go ahead and do that. Yay. See, dreams do come true, you guys. It's all about the collaborative experience. I think, again, that's been one of our favorite parts of this entire season is these live chats. Oh my goodness. It's been so much fun. There was another comment I wanted. Oh, Kennedy, I would like to see a 1998 timeline. You know what? I would too. That's the year I graduated high school. I want all 1998. Yes. My
1: husband actually brought that up when we were just sitting watching, he was like, you know, at the beginning of the season, they brought up that scene of them being rescued, but they never showed that again. Like, why would they put that in there? Like, that was really random.
0: It was. It was really just that one time we saw Lottie getting the electroshock treatment and all that. So perhaps that's something to come. We did see another flashback pre-flight in their yeah. sex ed or their health class when Coach Ben was teaching him about Delivery and babies and all that stuff. But yeah, I would <laughs> yes. I would love to see a nineteen ninety eight timeline. And I Kim, your comment. I can't get over how different Lottie ended up being this season from what I pictured yes. in season one. I totally Absolutely. thought she'd be this evil mastermind, but she's just as broken as everybody else. Indeed.
1: I fully expected Lottie to be the one that we see in the pilot wearing those antlers so like if it really is natalie like that will blow me away like because they really made it look like lottie was heading in that direction and to have her like step down and like offer the power to somebody else is something that i never thought would happen i never saw that coming
0: she went from zero to sixty in the last five minutes, and it was it was like a light bulb switched yeah. in her. It was, it was complete escalation so fast. I don't know if, I don't know if you would call it a breakdown. I don't know what the right term is, but I don't know. Do they? Does that she happen was like that in crisis fast?
1: Mode for sure.
0: They yeah. really. It was a misstep not calling in a psychological response team. I, I think that was what she needed and you know the ones that were wanting to do that shauna misty they really wanted what was best for her and it did not um did not end up that way and that ended up dead all because of it so yeah um, as Dustin said, Lottie's the craziest of them all. She does, she does have a severe mental illness. And we are actually going to be doing an episode covering the trauma of Yellow Jackets uh, with our friend Erin Quayle. She is on Twitter and she is a fan of the show. She's a writer for some of these different media outlets and she is also a trained therapist in trauma. Uh, so that's going to be a lot of fun. And we've got some other guests up our sleeve for Between Seasons, uh, topical episodes and that sort of thing, which is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. And let's go back to this. Why would Travis tell Lottie to empty his bank account? So, Emily, you always had that theory that Hobby lived <laughs> yeah. and Javi had something to do with it. We know that that was not the case. But I don't no. know if we're ever going to get an appropriate answer to what happened to Travis because Lottie will never be a reliable narrator until she's – medicated and seeing things clearer
1: yeah like because lottie's behavior like the further the season progresses like made me question like maybe travis's death was some kind of a sacrifice after all because like she's so hell-bent on them sacrificing one of them to solve their current day problems And maybe she thought by sacrificing Travis, like, that would bring all the women all together or something like that.
0: She did, but it just keeps coming back to me that she gave them a chance to leave. She told them all to leave, that something was going to happen, but they didn't. And I guess that was just part of the escalation of what was going on. And to Keith Bordenow's point, I think they all have mental illness, which was the point that Van was making. They 100% do. They've all got this darkness in them. They've all, like teen Nat said to herself (laughs) on the plane, uh, oh, my God, Alyssa, I have trauma from being a viewer now. Can we start a support group? You know what? We do have a support group for that. It is called our Patreon. And if you <laughs> would like to join, visit patreon.com slash Nine Ninebrook City, Alyssa is one of our patrons. Thank you. We're actually going to be doing a patron Zoom uh, after once we get our schedule kind of set for all of the content we're going to be creating. So that's going to be really fun. We can all just kind of gather, not a recorded thing, just a little hangout where we can all chat and we can all reminisce about the season. So yes, um, please. It's a lot of fun. It sure is. It sure is. Um, Yes. Let's see. What, what else do we have here for comments? As soon as Callie showed I'm up during the Shauna Hunt, they all snapped out of it.
1: They they did. Natalie ripped that mask off so fast, like like almost like she was ashamed of what she was doing. Lottie, yeah, yes. I don't think cared what anybody thought. Like because once she was shot, like she just started talking about how could they hear it? Like it's here with us now. Like. And Simone Castle like really performed that scene like really well. like her performance was excellent in that scene.
0: It was it was I keep again going back to the fact that everything just escalated so fast for me even the yeah. Walter situation with him shooting Kevin Tan and oh my fixing God. everything for Misty I just we had speculated all season long is Walter a good guy does he love Misty is he really into her or is he somebody that maybe is tied to Adam who was the bone marrow recipient or or whatever. Um, He's a good guy. He loves Misty. I feel confident saying that now. He accepts her, even if she's a serial killer, which by the way, we dropped our Patreon episode, is MFQ a serial killer? Don't miss it. But they're a thing now. They're a boyfriend-girlfriend pair. And I'm really excited to see what that means for MFQ moving forward.
1: I did not realize when I watched the episode on Thursday night that when Walter walks up and shoots Kevin Tan, that he pulled Syracuse's gun out of the holster and uses his gun to shoot Kevin Tan. I thought Walter had his own gun. Like, I thought he just walked up with his own gun and just started shooting at him. Yeah. But... That is so much better that he took Syracuse's gun because then he, like, actually really made the story that he created, like, concrete with, like, actual DNA, like, evidence. Like, so freaking smart.
0: (laughs) Yeah. This is an interesting one by Allison. I wonder if them seeing Callie brought them back to Wilderness Baby Feelings. Maybe seeing Shauna's offspring, like Lottie said, is that your daughter in that super creepy way? Maybe it did yeah. conjure up these wilderness baby feelings. I don't know. Little Rose, you are right. Walter is a closer <laughs> and he is a guy that I would rather have on my side any day of the week. Do not want to sure. get on Walter's bad side. So For sure. One more thing I was thinking, you know, we've gone back and forth about the postcards and most people assume it was Jeff who sent them. And you know what? Maybe it was, it could have been Jeff, but what if coach Ben is still out there in the wilderness and the postcards came from him? Is that wild? Is that silly? Am I just reading too much into it? I don't know.
1: I've seen that floating around. Yeah. It would sure be a major twist for him to be sending out postcards saying, wish you were here. Like I've seen some people saying like, What if he stays in this cave for the rest of the time and when they're rescued, like, he isn't found with them. And, like, he just ends up living in the woods forever.
0: Yeah, and like Kim is saying, I'm hoping for Ben to be the big bad of season three and it sure is stacking up like that.
1: I don't know, man. I think there's a chance that it could be Shauna because Shauna, like, very clearly wanted to be given that role of the leader, And she was pissed when she didn't get chosen.
0: She was. She was. And that would mean that she would be dying at the end of season three if they follow suit with that same pattern of new leader in the wilderness, kill him off in the adult timeline.
1: Yeah. Mm. That would be
0: something. Mm. Interesting. Allison said he could still be in the wilderness as Cabin Daddy 2.0. And (laughs) maybe they're saving that for this Jason Ritter stuff. I... I'm obsessed with the Jason Ritter footage. I want to see Jason Ritter so bad. Ah.
1: I know, especially because they released those pictures of him with those little kids on set. Like the jacket that he was wearing. Like, I need to know why he was wearing the jacket that Travis is wearing in the teen timeline. I need to know.
0: Yes, and my comment about Shauna being killed is very unpopular in the comments <laughs> right now. Sorry, issuing an apology. I think Melanie makes it to the end. Alex said not allowed to kill off Melanie. Sorry. You know what? That is a I good point. I don't think she's
1: going anywhere.
0: If she's their main character, what's her end game? What is her end game? That is a really good question. And yeah. I hope the Jason Ritter stuff comes early in season 3. Me, me too. Oh my goodness.
1: I still like even like days after watching like I still can't believe that the cabin burned down like that was the biggest like mind fuck for me for the whole episode like because we knew a death was coming in the adult timeline and we kind of like speculated that it could have been Natalie but definitely didn't have the cabin burning down on my bingo card. That's for sure.
0: Did not have that. Did not have that. And as mine's saying, it makes so much more sense having Misty as the first one to be unmasked now from that cannibal council stuff we saw back in the pilot, especially since we know net we know Misty's the overseer of the group, the supervisor of the group. That is interesting. That does coincide definitely. Yeah. Um, God is alive, magic is a foot. That was an amazing song. We haven't really talked about the music, but for oh. me, opening the show with zombie was. Everything,
1: everything. The music. This episode, I was so pleased with. Like, I felt like the song choices were absolutely perfect. Like, I loved the Killing Moon. Um, when they crown Natalie as Antler Queen, and when the cabin was burning down, like both versions of the song, I loved and thought fit so perfectly with the scene. Yep, yep.
0: The Radiohead. I mean, the the music. Oh, the Radiohead. The Radiohead. Yeah. Radio head. yeah I, I, always with it the music the
2: it,
0: it did I love the music from the season I'm always very complimentary about it they've they've kept it up season 2 has been just as good as season 1 and I can't wait to see what season 3 brings in terms of the music
1: yeah they really like outdid themselves this season like music was good last season but this season like they just had like needle drop after needle drop after needle drop <sighs>
0: Boy, interesting. Alex said, I heard a lot of people think the music is too heavy handed for the season, but I disagree. Yeah, I don't know if it's too heavy handed. I, I really also appreciated the Tori Amos songs. I thought those were fantastic. And the usage of Florence and the Machine. She We had a couple songs in there, but also her cover of Just a Girl, No Doubt's Just yeah. a Girl, I thought was phenomenal. And Alanis Morissette with her no return cover was also pretty amazing in my yeah. opinion. So I, I really liked all of it.
2: I really
1: liked cause we determined that like there's two episodes where they use the Alanis Morissette open this season and they sound different. Both of them sound different. I, I like the version that happened closer to the end of the season more than the first version that we heard because they definitely were a little bit different. I can't really explain why, but it just sounded cooler in my opinion.
0: And those episodes with those different opens of the No Return with Alanis, I feel like they were very heavy handed with the hallucinations and the glitches and that sort of thing. So perhaps that was used as a differentiator to show the different hallucinations. We saw a lot in general of hallucinations this season things that we saw in the teasers in the trailers that we assumed were going to be canon that were not yeah. such as rabies girl is a is a really good example of that uh them eating the baby in that hallucination the ghost plane and lottie in the underground shopping mall uh ty and steve that whole and or Ty and sammy and and paul i mean there's a lot of hallucinating we knew it was coming because they told us not everything you see will be real this season and that was in fact so true yeah
1: i feel like most of what we saw in the trailer was hallucination
0: Mm -hmm. it it really was and that was a little unexpected oh and caligula let's not forget the caligula (laughs) Caligula, uh, situation and uh, serena is saying just sad we didn't see the man with no eyes and yeah right Uh, I thought we'd get a little bit more of that as well. And we did not. So I wonder where that will pick up. Uh, and Simone, Steve, Sammy Caligula, lots of unattended people and pets going on in the adult timeline. What's going on there?
1: Yeah. My husband was like, isn't anybody wondering like where Taisa is? Like she just became a Senator. Like nobody's questioning the fact that she's just like off in the middle of the woods. Like, <laughs>
0: Emily, look at this comment. Shelly, I think the fire could be a hallucination. No. I
1: don't, I don't know.
0: So. I mean, there was a lot of smoke on the pan out. You know, too bad it was at night and very far away. So that smoke will not signal them getting rescued since we know they're but only about halfway through. But
1: that might be another reason why Ben chose to light the fire at night so that there wouldn't be a chance of anybody finding them.
0: Hmm. Oh, that is a very good point. This comment is fascinating too. I feel like the glitches in the song was the girl's minds deteriorating more and more, being out in the wilderness, and there was a lot of deterioration. The hunger, as we saw, we saw Mari with seeing the blood dripping from the walls. We saw Ty seeing her fugue self reflection. There was with the mouse. Oh my god, Nugget. (laughs) Oh my god how fun was it talking to Nia Zendaya about nugget and she was so sweet. She really was so sweet. And her, uh, we dropped a reel of this little clip, but when she said, when they asked her, how do you feel about rodents? I thought that was, (laughs) I thought that was really funny. And, um, yeah, the the nugget reveal was kind of a surprisingly big one. I, I enjoyed that, but to their point, the mental deterioration has gone completely downhill. During
1: yeah, they're all the starting field. to lose it big time. Mm-hmm. And I yes. think it's a mixture of things. Like, I think it's like cabin fever, it's also hunger. Like, it's all these different elements combined.
0: It is, and Kim has a comment here. I feel like the cabin fire—looking at that one—makes total sense based on the pilot. Misty sure looked cold, and they had so many furs. So that does mean perhaps they are just living outside, right out of the plane wreckage. Uh, Maybe they do not seek shelter in the cave system. Maybe that means that Nat does in fact keep it a secret, because otherwise we would think that they'd be retreating back to the cave, right? I
1: was also wondering though, like since the cabin is now burned down. Like, where did all these animal fears come from that they're wearing? Like, were they were they in the cabin? Or are they animals that they kill, like, from this point onward in the show and they make their own animal skins?
0: Yeah, no, totally. I had to highlight this comment just like Ben was like, fuck them kids, fuck them kids, <laughs> had to show that. Um, <laughs> love that, love that. I would love to see a Coach Ben um, adult reveal in season three. Me too. I really would. Ah, and you know what? Let's not forget Misty's employers don't really seem to be worried about where she is either. Really good point.
1: Yeah, at least with Van, like, it's her own shop, so nobody's going to question her leaving.
0: Also, good question. I want to know why they never use the snowshoes in the cabin. Yeah. It's a good point. You would think with all the trekking that uh, Travis and Nat were doing out there that one of them would have used the snowshoes, but they do make a nice prop hanging on the wall, too, so... Yeah. Mhm. Oh my goodness. Um I just still can't believe this was the finale. Um, Of course, you know, we are going to cover this more in our weekly recap. But, you know, before we go, I thought we could run down some of the most exciting highlights that we've had this season. Um, We had some really great interviews, Emily. Just kind of patting ourselves on the back a little bit. You know, we, we hustled really hard and made it happen. We got to talk to Kevin Alves before season two started um we talked to Luciano LaRue of course Javi and we got him on the week that Javi came back which could not have been better timing loved uh, him loved him he was so sweet <laughs> oh my goodness I I'm gonna miss him I'm definitely gonna I miss him too like I
1: feel so bad because Javi was like such an innocent in all of this like he didn't deserve what happened to him
0: He did not. He did not. I love how he shared that he grew six inches between seasons and was the tallest one on the set. I thought that was really cute. Uh, Something we learned from speaking with all of the different um, Yellow Jackets cast that we interviewed was that they love board games. They're all very competitive. It seems like between Kevin and Nia and uh, Jenna, there was a lot of competition going on. Apparently Sammy Hanratty also very good at exploding kittens. That was a lot of fun to talk about with all of them. Um, Jeff Holman, we got to talk to Randy Walsh and he had all kinds of gems to share, which was a lot of fun. Um, Of course we had Jenna Burgess and Maya Lowe on Jenna, who plays Melissa, Maya who plays Jen and Nuha Jess Isman. We got to speak with her the week Crystal kicked the bucket, which also came at a phenomenal time. And of course, uh, Nia Sundaya, who was great love talking to her and we we got to speak with her and interview her with kelly mcclure of course our friend at salon nights and weekends editor so that was a lot of fun and we'll probably do something with kelly again in the future as well yes ooh, maybe javi ghost for nat i would love it if we see more ghosts i mean see the other thing is speaking of ghosts is ghost jackie are we all of a sudden gonna have shauna stopping seeing ghost jackie in the adult timeline i mean we did not see ghost Jackie in season two but we did see a lot of ghost Jackie in season one so
2: yeah
1: I don't know know why they like would not revisit that like if they show like they showed it to us in the adult timeline like not just the teen timeline so to me like that was an indication that like this was something that was happening to her not on like a frequent basis but like it had happened before so yeah that would be that would be like I would be annoyed if they never revisit that honestly yeah
0: no same same um Tiffany also said the costume designer interview is great too we did we got to speak with Marie schly costume designer from season one we also mm. got to speak with Mark Lane the owner of co-ed naked which spawned our co-ed naked collaboration which is another huge highlight from the season we had a ton of fun designing our co-ed naked podcasting shirt catch a vibe in the hive of course we are giving one away tonight any co-ed naked shirt of your choice drop the secret word in the comments before the live stream ends we will pick a winner and announce during our recap this week yep. or if you'd like to buy one you can also shop coednaked.com and use hive 20 to save 20 percent. so huge shout out to everyone who's purchased one we've had lots of pictures come through and uh it's been really nice to see everybody with their coed naked shirts yes yes indeed um And we do have a lot coming up in between seasons. Uh, We have some fun fan events. We're going to have some Patreon stuff. And of course, you guys, our crowning achievement of the season is our new partnership with Cord Cutting. Uh, Cord Cutting is a place you can go to learn more about where to stream your favorite shows. It's for TV fanatics just like us. So you can actually uh, the links up on the screen, subscribe to their YouTube, youtube.com slash at Cord Cutting and bookmark our page on cordcutting.com slash yellowjackets dash hive. That is our new hive hub, Emily. We will have all of our episodes there, but also on the same places you're used to seeing them so you'll see us on Twitter. You'll see our stuff on YouTube. The only difference is we have more opportunity now to create more exclusive content. And we'll have that on the Cord Cutting YouTube and site, which we cannot wait to bring you, you guys. Oh, my goodness.
2: Yeah. Yes. Thank and
0: you. shout out to Steven and Sherry over at Cord Cutting for working with us on this. It's been a lot of fun. And we can't wait to see where this goes, you guys. We can't spoil too much. But let's just say there's a lot of fun stuff ahead. Hmm. Hmm. And you know what? All of this. Uh, congratulations. Thank you guys. Well deserved. We appreciate that. Excellent. We are very excited about it. We really have worked so hard this season. And just to see all of you here with such positive comments and interacting. Um, Michelle, love my co yeah. naked shirts. We love you guys. I mean, we really, really do. Yes. And I don't even exactly. want to end this episode. I keep thinking like, oh, it's been over an hour. We normally keep this at 45 minutes. But I'm sad to say goodbye. I, I know. don't know when we're going to be doing another live after show. Of course, we'll still be doing live streams, but I'm really going to miss this.
1: Yeah, it's been so much fun. Like, <sighs> like I said earlier, it's crazy that like 10 weeks have already gone by.
0: It, it really has been. And, you know, to everybody saying, damn, you girls are good. Thanks for making the season so much more enjoyable. Thank you. Uh, we love reviews. Also, if you listen to us on Apple yes, or Spotify, please, please feel free to drop a, a five star review if we've earned it. Of course, uh, we always appreciate positive feedback and as Nathan is saying, we need you guys during the writer's strike. Yeah. We are here for you. We've got lots of fun stuff to get us through. Um, sure. And of course, we stand with the writers. We are WGA Strong. As an IATSE union member myself, I am totally with it in solidarity. So as long as it takes is how long it takes. And we are here for you in the meantime.
1: Yeah. Yes, we're not going anywhere.
0: (laughs) I know. Allison said it seems like the season just started. Fingers crossed for bonus episodes. Oh, my gosh. Oh, and Mike is saying, please do another TV show series together. So we're actually going to be doing a crossover with another TV podcast. We're going to do an Only Murders in the Building recap from the last season before before the next season kicks off, which is in August. So that's going to be fun. But also, um, you know, we may have some other things up our sleeves there are lots of other shows that are in the same vein as yellow jackets that we'd love to cover some that have the cast members some that don't but um catch our watch this wednesday post too in the reddit sub because we like to recommend different shows there that are similar to yellow jackets and emily i just want to say thank you to you for everything that you do the reddit has grown so much this season thanks to all of your hard work and you do so much there so just thank you for that and everything it's just been so much fun this season I feel like I'm gonna tear up (laughs) thank
1: you it's I love the community so much like it's so it's just so much fun to interact with anybody in the fandom like whether it be on Reddit or here or Facebook like most most of my experiences have been super positive and everybody has like offered great discussion Oh, it's it's absolutely
0: been fantastic. And some people are asking other shows that we like. And uh, Kim said, check out From on Prime. I actually just got current with that. The new episodes drop on Sunday. So I have been watching that. Uh, Silo on Apple TV is another good one. That's kind of this dystopian future dark kind of show. I've been enjoying that. Uh, Them is another one that is pretty good. Very dark. But, uh, yeah, we love sharing our other show recommendations, too. There are so many. We love TV, Emily, don't we?
1: Yeah, yeah. Same. I watch From, too. That's a good one.
0: Yeah, I really enjoyed From. Everybody – it seems like everybody is watching From, although it seems like Alex is getting a little frustrated with it. So, <laughs> sorry about that. But that is uh, that is a pretty good one. So, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> well, I guess I guess, Emily, it is time to say goodbye and – officially wrap up the Hive After Dark for Yellow Jacket Season 2 with the utmost gratitude and buzz, buzz, buzz for all of you guys. Cannot thank you enough.
1: Yeah. Thanks for being here every week with us.
0: And uh, we'll still be here. Like we said, we're still doing live streams, still doing episodes. We've got our Patreon. We've still got our co-ed naked stuff. We've got our new partnership. Lots of fun things are buzzing around in the Hive. and. It's thanks to all of you.
1: For sure.
0: All right. Well, we will see you guys very soon. Catch our recap this week.
1: Yes. So this will be the last time I'm saying this for a while.
2: Until we spill again.